0: Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News and joining me from Wisconsin is on-campus college planning counselor Tom Cleese. Tom, thank you for joining. Thanks very much, Michael. Very excited to be here and to to reach your audience.
1: I've been Enjoying listening to your podcast. I got I got a few tips on uh, your
0: visits to Madison a little bit later, but we'll maybe do that off screen. So excellent. Well, I'll be heading to Madison next week, so we can catch up on that. But I, I want to let you know first for those that are listening, following, watching, viewing, Tom is the inaugural first video. That's right. We're doing this on ZenCaster. We're we're, we're upgrading our goals for 2022 are getting big. And you can see now, this is the first time we've had a guest, we've got the background studio. Normally, Tom, you'd be sitting in this chair if you're one of my guests out here in California, we'd be having a face-to-face conversation. But you're out there in the cold, Midwest. What, what's the temperatures right now out there in Wisconsin? It's two. So actually, if we can just push pause,
1: I'm going to catch a cheap flight out there. And uh, I'll see you in about four hours, Michael. So if
0: you can pick me up at LAX, that would be great. Two degrees. We have a lot of kids from Southern California actually going out to the University of Wisconsin, the Midwest. I mean, is the weather that bad? Are students that you see and in, in, in your line of business, do are they staying home like in the Midwest? Are they going to the south like Florida, Texas? Or are they coming out west to California?
1: You know, we actually do have quite a few students. Uh, so we're in Dane County, Madison, and and most of the students and families that we work with are are right here. But I've got some you know clients in other parts of the state, other parts of the United States. Um, I've seen an increased interest in warm weather schools, and, and not as much about California, but we're gonna we're gonna get into that. But but especially uh, the Southwest, Arizona is is really hot. No pun intended, right now. And a lot of kids are looking down, kind of in SEC territory or the Carolinas as well. And part of what they're saying is is the warm weather thing, and part of it is just uh, to kind of get the heck out of Dodge. But yeah, we definitely we definitely see a lot of that. And and I'm I'm happy to discuss those options and really talk about you know what does that mean in practical terms and to make sure that you don't think that you're going on a vacation versus actually going to school. So that can be a, a huge difference and kind of a reality check.
0: And out here in Southern California, TCU's big. Texas is big. The SEC schools like Ole Miss, Alabama. One of my friends just uh, their son just got admitted to Tennessee. I said Knoxville's a great area too. Not so much the Florida areas, but still they're, I The weather's obviously not stopping people to go to Wisconsin. And, and you might hear the same story: people. We call them the sweatshirt brands, Tom, out here, right? (laughs) The sweatshirt brands are, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know what the sweatshirt brand schools are?
1: Yeah. Are you asking for, for my
0: territory or do I just understand that term in general? You know what? This is a great question. Because we have the sweatshirt brand schools in this territory, which probably flow to some in your area. I want to hear what your definition of a sweatshirt brand is. And then out in the Midwest, what are your sweatshirt brands? I think of that as
1: being like the the bumper sticker that dad wants to put on his SUV that probably is as much about repping the, the basketball and football teams or maybe the conference that they plan. As, oh yeah, my daughter is actually attending this and she's a chem major or something like that. So that's that's maybe how I interpret it. And around here, you know, we're we're down in the, the south-central part of Wisconsin. We've got we've got a, a different system than than California. We're we're probably more typical for most of the states where we've got we've got a, a big old flagship, you know, sitting smack dab in, in, in the state and then a bunch of others around that and and I'm going to come back to that but you know we've got we've got the University of Wisconsin Madison and and that is the flagship that is the the big one and for a lot of kids that's that's the goal that's the target we also have reciprocity with the state of Minnesota which means you know I cross the river to the wrong side of the Mississippi, and I get to pretend like I'm from Minnesota. Now there's there's some differences in in tuition prices, but it's still very reasonable. So you're you're paying their in-state tuition versus our in-state tuition, and so there's there's basically just a pipeline in between uh, Minneapolis and Madison, kind of back and forth. Uh, my own uh, stepsister was uh, you know grew up in the Twin Cities, came to UW Madison, now back in the Twin Cities, so we see a lot of that. And then we we get a lot of kids that that will come in and they'll say, well, you know, I like Madison, but I'd like to look at some other schools. And they specifically mentioned the Big Ten. And I say well, that's fine. You know, that's that's an easy way to think about it. And we look at we look at a map and we talk about some different options. Um, a lot of those options are are not not extremely affordable for most of our families. We we work with a lot of you know just sort of general middle income families who are not going to be getting any need based aid. And some of the Big Ten schools are uh, a little tight with the aid. There, there are a few exceptions, uh, but we get, we get a lot of kids applying um, to the East a little bit. But then especially if you're in the Big Ten, Iowa is a great option. And then if we can, if we can just slip into the Big 12, ton of KU fans around here. And that's an easy eight-hour drive where you can fly down to Kansas City. You've got access to a major metropolitan area as well. They've been really generous with Married Aid. We've got kids paying essentially in-state prices there. Nebraska is the same. Iowa State. So there's a there's a lot of great options if you want what I call that rah-rah experience. You know, I I want to be on ESPN at some point in the crowd, and I want people to know. You know, when I put the bumper sticker on my car or my dad does, I want them to know where that is. And I don't want to have to ask a lot of questions or or look that one up on a map. So that's that's my response to the, the sweatshirt brands. How does that line up with, with your definition, Michael? You're
0: missing one big one. And I don't know if you have any students out there because the big sweatshirt brand in your area is Michigan, right? Uh, so yeah. everyone from Southern California, they want to go to Notre Dame, Michigan, Vanderbilt, Duke, Georgetown, Stanford back home, UCLA, USC, and you probably see it. I tell everybody, every 4.0 unweighted student that has a 32, 33, if not 34 ACT are applying to those schools, guess what? You're probably not going to get in with the acceptance rate being like 10 to 15%. So the running joke with Wisconsin is it's the Michigan reject school. Well, yeah. And so I I need just a minute for a rebuttal on that.
1: And you know what, if we're being honest, Michigan, you're my big brother. I get that. And, and I, you know, not a big Jim Harbaugh fan. Looks like he might be going to the Raiders, but that's but that's okay. We've beaten him a few other times. We didn't we didn't really come out with our best game this time. But seriously, Michigan, Michigan is is fantastic. I mean, it's, you know, we're really proud of of the University of Wisconsin system and especially UW Madison. It's definitely one of the top public universities out there and it's got a great rep not just as a fun college town, but, you know, as a serious academic center. And then we look over at Ann Arbor, and we're like, dang, you guys are just a notch above us. You know, we, we've got about a fifty percent acceptance rate, which is really, really selective for a flagship university. Um, and that might seem odd to to people in the in the UC territory, but but that's true. And then those guys are about half that. And and you know what? If you do get in, you're going to be writing some serious checks. Now that's not that's not hating on the maize and blue. Those are just kind of the realities. And yeah, it does it does float up into those those elite Ivy plus types of schools. So uh, sometimes I throw a little water on that. I just, I let them know that Michigan is, is kind of in a different league, no pun intended there. Absolutely. And it, it really does stand out that and North Northwestern obviously is sort of a weird big 10 type of thing, but you know, university of Chicago used to be part of the big 10 too. I don't think they're coming back, but all right, I'll, I'll accept that sweatshirt brand.
0: So let me ask you this because January is here. And some people, students, class of 22, have heard uh, where they're going right by in December. But for most students and for the most major flagship universities, uh, people are in the waiting game right now, January, February. So advice, I always like to tell students kind of like what to do or what parents should be doing. What is your recommendation to any student out there listening, to any parent out there listening, what they should do in the next thirty days, sixty days, as they wait to hear from their schools? That's a great question.
1: Most important thing is you need to remain patient. You know, you need you need to think about this in the long term. National Decision Day has historically been May first of your senior year, and and people are almost always surprised when they come in. You know, we sit down for a free consult. They're a sophomore. They're a junior. Maybe we're talking about ECT prep, member. Talking about building the University of You, and I say, you know, we're going to start this now. But really, you have until May first of your senior year to make that final decision. And I always tell them, like, if if we're working together, and I'm trying to to build a list of colleges for you, I hope that April 30th is a really tough night for you because it's down to the wire, and like, who's in? And I and I got to tell two or three schools no, and that it, it's kind of painful because I've made some great connections and, and it was a fabulous fit, et cetera. But I can only I can only choose one, so you know there is this rush that that I want. I want to get in, and I want to be done with this. And I say that's fine. If that's your goal, you have to understand that by being done with it sooner than later. Let's say you have been admitted to your dream school, or you got the first yes back, and you're feeling great about that. Yet yeah, the first yes is always the best, right? But realize that you do have some more time, and by being patient, I would say number one, don't kind of look forward. Don't look around because, you know, Johnny just committed to this school and Susie heard from this school and that's great. Super proud of you guys, happy for you, but but we've got a game plan and we've got to stick with that. And yeah, some of those letters haven't come back. I mean, our UW system this year did something that that I've never seen them do. Madison said, we've got a delay. Usually they're coming out by Christmas time for their early decision or early action. And this year they're like, we're, we're kind of busy right now. Could you guys give us until January 31st? Now I'm going to go on record as saying, I think that that was sort of a poor marketing decision. And I hope that they don't do that in future years, because there's a, there's a lot of soft evidence to suggest that when you start to get into a place and they start to market to you as an accepted student, you know, that looks really attractive. And I'm going to forget about these other things on the side, but Madison is kind of like, well, we're Madison. We can we can do what we want to a certain extent. So I, I want students to be patient and and if you have gotten in somewhere, I want you to say that's great and and you've you've got that option on the table. And then to really think about taking the final steps to making that decision. If you know if it's a place that's that's far out of uh, where you live, maybe you maybe you guys need to get on a plane and go visit. Maybe you need to make contact if you haven't talked to any of the professors in the department where you think you're going to major. Um, boy, that's a that's a huge thing that can really help you get connected. And yeah, you can get into the uh, you know admitted students Facebook page or all the social media. And, and there's a lot saying that that's huge for students. That's not at all how I would make my decision. But I'm a 56 year old male, and we do things a little bit a little bit differently. But I don't want people to rush to judgment. Um, or I just want them to be very aware one of the choices you have in this whole process is how important it is to you to make that final decision. Got a great call from a mom yesterday. Uh she and her daughter just got back from an SEC school. And it's sort of SEC school, Big Ten school, great business programs, et cetera. And you know, the college planner in me is like, well, let's yeah, go take the second visit, let's wait, let's talk about this, whatever. No, you know. That school, I won't name it, but they just did really well in football and and got, you know, the student got caught up in that. And, and I think it's where she really wanted to go. So there was huge value and even a sense of relief to that student, to that right. mom, to that dad, to be able to say, we're done. This is what we want. It's, you know, it's January 19th yesterday and, and we're done. And thanks for your help like that. And I, that's great. Everybody gets to make their own decision. So
0: it looks like she's headed to Athens. Go dogs! We visited that school two or three times. A very hard school to get into. But that's a great question because as as students are waiting, parents are waiting. And I love how you said it's that May 1st. I remember Julia did not get off the wait list at Wisconsin until the last week, last week of April. And I tell parents that and I tell students that. She had on her Instagram, she was already, she was going to be a Husky with her sister at Washington. And she switched so quick because that was the school she was waiting for. But I tell parents, I tell students, wait, go visit that school, which you just mentioned. But I like how you pointed out, get in touch with professors, right? Reach out to professors. When we visited the campuses, I tell students and parents, go talk to students on the campus, ask them what it's like being from California, is, is what they going to impact them, or what their best recommendation is, what do they not like about the school, and take that extra time, right, that senior year, rather than making that decision in January or February. But if you have that student, like you just did, and they're looking at maybe two top institutions, right, and and it's coming down to maybe they visited the school, that extra, is there something they can do like with admissions? Make, you know, demonstrate more interest. What would you say to do? What would you say not to do? Because I've heard some things work, some things don't work. Think out of the box now, Tom.
1: All right. And our Michael, are you suggesting that they they haven't gotten the the acceptance letter yet? And they're they're maybe trying to demonstrate a little more interest, or have they been accepted to both of these schools? Let's take it both ways. First, accept it and then not accept it. So if they're accepted at, at college A and college B, then I think it's really about going back uh, to clarify exactly what you were searching for. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell a story that, that I often tell uh, about one of our, our sons. His name is Joe. Uh, he's a Cincinnati Bearcat. And Joe and I did that last round trip. To uh, two schools, his top two schools. It was like one and one A. Cincinnati was number one. Auburn was one A. And and there was there was a big part of this dad who's a like you huge college football fan. Just just sort of like wow, SEC football, and it's going to be warm and and the tailgating experience. So I was pretty jacked up about that. But we were really trying to keep in mind. Well, why are you looking at these schools? And for him, he's in a unique major that's not offered very many places. And the way that that students uh, go throughout that curriculum in those two different schools is is night and day. And so, and and he was really ready to to make the decision and go to Cincinnati. And I said, you know what? It it probably would be a good idea. This is a big decision, and I trust you, Joe. But I'm I'm more than willing to pay for the plane tickets and and let's go down and let's do one more pass at both of them. What do you think about that? And he's like, "Well, it's it's a free trip and and we'll eat out somewhere. Yeah, we're going to be in the south. We're going to get out and we're going to get some skyline in Cincinnati. We're going to have a good time." Uh so that was great and and we did it and we met with professors and students and as you can imagine, you know, the last shiny thing that you've seen is really appealing. And and any Auburn fans out there or alum or if you got kids there I just love that school. I just, I fell in love with it about seven years ago when I did a big tour. Uh, I felt like I was, I don't know, Sherman invading the South or something, but I hit all the SEC schools and came back and like, holy cow, that, that's amazing. There were just some things about Auburn that that just checked a lot of boxes for me, and it would have been a fantastic program. We went there. We had a great time. They just happened to be playing a basketball game. We went to the game. We ate fantastic food. We left there. We felt great. And, and he's on the phone to my wife, Hillary. Uh, and he's, you know, just like, we did this. It was awesome. It was great. And, you know, Hillary used to, to, to be a part of the business and she, she knows what she's talking about here. And she said, that's great, Joe. It sounds like you and dad had a really good time. What's the number one thing that you're looking for from your college experience? And that's like sort of a like a trademark or tagline thing that we do when we're when we're building this university of you. We put things into the quadrants of what do I absolutely need from my college experience? What do I want? What do I not want? And what do I not need? And we really try to clarify those things and then you kind of condense that down into, into just like almost like my elevator pitch. And and he's like, Yeah, you know, I want to, I want to make connections in the industry in which I want to work and I I want the best fit for that. And, and that's, what's really most important to me. So he's a bear cat. So he's a bear cat. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I feel kind of lucky because they've had some pretty good seasons and Auburn, I don't know, you guys need a new quarterback now. Bo Nix is gone, but yeah. So, you know, and it's not like that was a big thing, but it really was, it was looking at something that is really appealing on so many levels versus the, the thing that had the number one thing that i'm really looking for and we had done our homework you know I, i'm a college planner so obviously i've been helping him but we had really sifted through and we'd lift up a lot of rugs and stuff to find all of the available programs in his major and to really kind of kick the tires and it came back to that you know what's the one thing so i would say to that that you know i've got college a college b if you haven't really clarified what's that number one thing you're hoping to get out of your college experience, put that down on paper. Think about that, and then hold those two up, and and really look at them critically to see well which one does a better job, you know. And and I fully support the right uh, as as long as we've got all the financing figured out and those types of things. If there's just one that's just like this boy's cuter than this boy, and like I, I have to, I just really want to go to that school. Great, go for it. But just realize that you're that's how you're making your decision and and kind of blend, blend the heart and the head on this. So that's a huge part of it.
0: Great advice. Now, what about the schools that you're still waiting for? How can you demonstrate more interest to the admissions office or whoever it might be? Some people might disagree with me, but I would say leave them alone.
1: And I would say, especially like, let's use UW-Madison. You know, there's there's a bunch of kids just sort of waiting on pins and needles. And I'm talking to those parents and and we're all like, wow, really wish they would have made their decision before Christmas. It's so nice to tell, you know, Aunt Sally, hey, I'm going to be a badge and all that kind of stuff. Well, you've been delayed by about a month. It is what it is. Let's just wait on that. Um, there's really nothing I think that you can or actually should do. And I think part of this is just a, just a sense of respect, maybe they said they needed more time, let them have more time. Now, if you've been, if you've been deferred, you know, everyone gets that you've been deferred, leave us alone type of email. And uh, I say, okay, that's fine. If I were, if I were applying for a job and I I got a rejection letter or saying I I didn't make the first cut of interviews, I'm going to find a way that's, that's moral, but to slightly sneaky to get in front of those people, like maybe by asking a question about something and hoping that I get into a conversation with an admissions rep, just kind of networking a little bit. So I think, I think that can be fine. And you know what, there's, there's nothing wrong if somebody says, I'm just, I'm just really excited about such and such college. And I I haven't had a lot of contact. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't, and most students, most students, unfortunately never make contact with anyone in admissions. And so you know, maybe you went on a tour, maybe you did a virtual tour, maybe you didn't do anything, but the first time they see your name, if if that's on your application, you know, if, if the Common App is introducing you to that college, that's not good. And so if you haven't established that relationship, especially if it's, you know, you're an out-of-state student, you know, take a, take a typical, typical liberal arts college, you know, they've got somebody that handles the Midwest. Make contact with that person. So I'm, hopefully I'm not speaking out of both sides of my mouth at this point, Michael, but reach out to that person if you haven't let them know and just introduce yourself in a very, in a very mature professional way. I would suggest email or even asking if you can set up a a phone or a zoom call and just introducing yourself, letting them know why you're interested in that and not just making it a gosh, I hope I get into Pomona. Please let me into Pomona.
0: No, some of those tips were great because I, I tell students and parents There's a regional mission counselor for California, Southern California. And typically there's some, uh, like, for example, University of Washington. He specifically reads the first round essays. So he always asked me, he's like, does your daughter have any questions? Let her uh, let me know. I can help her out. And people don't realize this is almost like an athletic recruiting process. It's an academic recruiting process. And it's the networking and reaching out. So great advice on that. My question to you is with COVID, a lot of schools uh, went away with testing, test scores. And I've always said even before this Corona pandemic that essays were important. They became so more, much more important in the last two years. What are some do's and don'ts? Because now you got to really stand out with the college essay. So tell me some do's and don'ts and then maybe we'll talk about some of the best essays you've seen in the last year or two years and really separating student A from student B. Right.
1: And that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I often share the, you know, what colleges look for in applicants. It's it's that list that gets updated every couple of years from from IECA. And, and we put it into just a nice handout and we give the IEC credit and we kind of put it in front of people, especially if they're coming in kind of earlier, because it's a little bit of a, like, well, I don't really know what colleges are looking for. And I'm like, hey, let me break it down for you. And I hold up five fingers and, and the old version used to be, it's, you know, rigorous curriculum. Uh, cumulative GPA, ACT or SAT, that's, you know, makes sense with these other things, your essays, and then all your extracurriculars. Well, in the last version of that, the the essays and the extracurriculars swap, So the essays are down to number five, but that's still incredibly important. I mean, in, in 650 words or less, and maybe one other uh, essay, you're going to put something forward that may be as important to those colleges in making a decision about you as every soccer practice you've ever gone to, every lacrosse ID camp you've ever gone to, every volunteer experience or whatever. So yeah, all, all of those extracurriculars are super important and, and they're fun. And we don't do, just do them because they show up on a resume, but you know, the, the attitude that, well, I got to bang out a couple of essays, you know, that blows my mind. This is, this is a big deal. And so we try to help people understand that without putting too much pressure on that. And and we do a lot of essay work in the summer, you know, for seniors leading into, into fall, because summer's a nice time where you don't have the demands of AP classes and and this club and that club. And we can we can fit that work in there and you can just kind of clear your head a little bit more. And so those essays are are absolutely critical, like you say, Michael. And and the the line that we use, and it's sort of up at the top of a, a handout that we give to students when they work with us on this, is your number one goal is to tell a compelling story that helps them understand you. And so that's not, it's, it's not a brag sheet, right? And it's, it's not about hoping that they'll like me or being funny or whatever, but like, what is that story that probably didn't get told in the rest of the application that that is just going to help me as an admission person understand you. Right. And it's, you, sometimes you're going out on a limb a little bit, but I can think of a couple examples where I was just like, I had no idea, you know, this thing that you're telling me about in your essay, I had no idea about that. And I never would have known that uh, unless you, unless you told me. Uh, so to tell a compelling story that helps them understand you is absolutely critical. And without making this sort of a sales pitch, you know what, mom and dad, if you've, if you've, if you've paid for all this, this other help to get your kid through high school, uh, tutors or summer camps or uh, a personal trainer or going to those sports camps and, and maybe hiring an SAT or ACT tutor, all of those kinds of things. Maybe it feels like one more check that I have to write, but I'm letting you know that those essays are really important. And especially, especially if you're applying test optional, let's, let's go back to this and, and I'm, I'm removing one of those elements. And so now everything, everything matters more because I'm down to to four primary things. And so I don't want to shortchange any of those.
0: Right. But, but I tell Tom, I tell parents and students, don't talk about ASB, the winning goal, because every other student's talking about that. So are are those things you you still recommend? Don't talk about, you say, sell yourself, tell the compelling story. That's what colleges want to hear. Something that will separate you and how you can impact and, and how you see yourself on that. Campus, rather than hey, I was the president, or I was, I I paid for this third world excursion to go help people, right? I'm sure those are things I want to reiterate because parents think those are great things, but and I and I say they don't want to hear that in the essay.
1: Yeah, the the two kind of cliches that we make students aware of and families also. You probably at some point either scored the winning goal or you blew out your knee and i'm sorry that it happened to you and it shows a lot of perseverance that you've that you've come back from that that's great that, and that not only not only do i get to play another season and help my team but that's just dedication you know and commitment and and i want you to be healthy that's great and the mission trip where where i went to a third world country or you know a tough part of the us and i thought i was going to help them but they really helped me that's also a great experience. And so I'm glad you've had that experience. But you just need to know, you're right, Michael, they're reading a ton of those. And if you're going to write about one of those things, let's make sure that it's an authentic story and that it doesn't, you know, the last thing I want to do is 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 put the admissions rep to sleep when they start reading that. And I want to make sure that it's it's unique and and it is compelling for them. Probably the best SI essay that I've read recently was uh, from a young man, really talented athlete. He's a great soccer player, absolutely crushed the ACT. We worked on that together and uh, had his list of colleges already figured out. We talked about that a little bit, but it was, you know, I, I kind of got this part. Um, I'm good on that. And the mom said, we kind of need to, to finish the deal here. Time you're going to work with Drew on the essays. And, and Drew's a pretty quiet, you know, he's a dude And, uh, he's, he's really bright, gets good grades and, and he crushed that ACT, but you know, not, not a lot of feedback from Drew. Sometimes I felt like I was kind of talking to, to myself at times. And that's, that's just maybe a, a guy thing. Well, Drew comes up with this essay that he doesn't even realize is, is so amazing. Drew kind of, cause his mom pushed him into it started going to a local farmer. He lives out kind of towards the country and he started going out to to help this farmer for just a couple hours, like just do chores. You know, mom just said, you need some volunteer experience. And so he goes out there. He's like a little 15 year old kid or whatever. And they really put him to work. It's out on a dairy farm. And there's a lot of work to do on a dairy farm. And Drew kind of gets into this and there's, you know, it's a big family farm. And he kind of likes this. And so he doesn't just do a couple things so that like I can put something on my resume and, you know, ring the, the the bell outside Best Buy. And then I put that down. I, you know, I did that for Salvation Army. But Drew, not even thinking about college admissions, just decides, I kind of like going out to the farm. And he starts going out there on a regular basis, maybe every week or so. He goes out and he, he mows the ditches. And that's something you got to do. He shovels stuff that I can't talk about on a podcast and, and, and those types of things. And they start saying, Hey, let me give you some money. I really appreciate that. And he's like, Nope, this is a volunteer experience. And it was just, just sort of on principle that he's, you know, said, I came out here to, to help you. I never assumed that this would be a monetary exchange. And, and I, I don't come out here for the money. I come out here because I know you need the help. And, you know, I think I get something from it too. Now he probably didn't verbalize that because he's a 17 year old boy, but he's writing this story, this essay, and it gets to this critical point where, and you know, you can kind of imagine the storm clouds are coming over and uh, he's, he's far away from the farm. He's on this big mower or something. And, you know, there's a little foreshadowing about the, the mower deck that sometimes breaks or whatever, and it breaks and he's out of luck and he's got to fix this thing. And he's kind of wiring stuff or whatever. And it was great, man. I wanted to watch this movie and it was just like, wow, that's like, that shows a ton of character. And you're just telling me about something that I never, I never would have known that that was who you are and a part of you, unless we went through this process of me kind of poking you a little bit to go, Hey, don't write about the soccer injury because you're a soccer player and I'll bet you were injured, but let's talk about some other things. And So when we go through those common app prompts, first of all, I'm not a fan of write about whatever you want. Because I think it's better when I, I have to respond to something. And the, the other six prompts, you know, they're kind of softballs, Michael. I mean, if you can't find one or two of those, I think, to, to write about, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about that. So we make students go through a, a real short writing process early early in this where they have to respond to at, at least several of them, even if they know, well, I know I want to write about this. Okay, that's great. So write me, you know, write a hundred words on that one, but let's, let's just pick a couple others. And sometimes it's those other ones, the things that they didn't know. And Drew didn't really know that that was such a remarkable thing. And that was me just kind of getting a little bit lucky and pushing him a little bit. Yeah. And then it, you know, it turned into a a really nice, really nice piece of writing. And it's, was not even, Drew is not a talented writer, but he told a compelling story. So it was, you know, the, grammar and punctuation were all solid and we helped him put his best foot forward. But I really stopped short when I'm like, mm, no, I would
0: write it like this. And I like you, you talk about the, the, the compelling story because that's what parents need to listen to. You, you wrote a book, you're an author, 10 critical questions to find the, the best college fit. Let's stay high level. Let's do bullet points. If I'm a parent, if I'm a student listening, what are some questions? from that book, or what are questions that you use that these kids should be asking? You already talked about some of them, what you want to get out of this college experience, but to find that best college fit.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the first one is, is kind of putting it right back in your face. Why go? I mean, I, I, I don't think college should be the default. College is, is great. It, it certainly is a, is an engine for social mobility. I think I read that this morning, right? But Let's just not go there because I can't imagine anything else. And you know if you need to work, if you, if you need to take a gap year, if you need to start off slow somewhere, uh, if you le- need to learn a trade, there's a lot of different paths to success. And jumping in you know to college partly because I'm not sure what else to do and that's what everyone else is doing. And you know in my mind, I'm kind of feeling like, well, then I can, then I've got four years to, that I just bought to sort of figure this out all right, I, I get that. We can learn a lot and we should learn a lot about ourselves and what we want to do during college. But if you don't really have a specific reason for going, you know, if you just tell me, I, I want to go to a good school to get a I good I want to party. I want
0: to go to fraternity, a sorority. I want to go to football. I'm sure you have students that just say, I want to go to a school and just party. I want to go to a football games and there's only five or six home games a year, or I want to join a Greek system or I don't want to join a Greek system. I mean, like, I mean, there's Tom, they're 17, 18 years old. Well, that's, that's what they're thinking, Michael. But, but most of our students are bright enough
1: not to verbalize that in front of their parents. And when we're sitting down, and we're talking about these types of things. They're they're usually not saying that, although you can kind of read into that a little bit. It
0: should be because that's why I have this podcast. My guests, which are students, they're telling the real raw stories and experiences that can help right that student or parent.
1: Exactly. And and so that's that's why that's why we talk about like what is it that you absolutely need from your college experience? And by college experience, I'm not just talking about the piece of paper. I'm talking about that whole thing. That right. whole That whole move to Athens, Georgia, which is, I mean, talk about a cool college town with better weather, you know, that's that's amazing. I'm happy to go there right now. So if that's an important piece of it, and the sports thing is important, then and the social life, we'll call it, then then that's great. But yeah, be honest about that and 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 put that out in front front there. And now I think I got lost. What, What was the original question, Michael? Throw it back at at me
0: because I get. I'm in Athens. Well, we are talking about 10 critical questions for best fit, But I want to go more into like for for your students, a student listening or a parent, we're out here in California, right? You're out there in Madison. I've had some other counselors come on my show and and people want to – you have interesting things to say. They might want to get in touch with you. How does a California parent – listening or student listening, get in touch with you. Let's talk about maybe they want to use you for your services, college essay planning, because you obviously could do it virtual too. Let, let's uh, take some time to sell yourself. Sure, sure. So
1: our our website is oncampuscollegeplanning.com. It's kind of long, it's kind of cumbersome, but it, it is what it is, oncampuscollegeplanning.com. And if you uh, if you Google Tom Cleese, you're going to get there there pretty quickly. Yeah. We're, we're a pretty small shop. It's myself and, and one other person. And, uh, and we've always been just a, either one person shop or a two person shop, but we're brick and mortar. We've, we've been, you know, we've been doing this for a while. I've been doing this for 13 years and it was, uh, I didn't know the term at the time, but it was a side hustle for the first half of those 13 years. And then, um, decided like, all right, this is the only thing that I want to do. And, you know, cut off the, the other job and just do this and and sign a lease in an office building and and do those types of things. So we're a little bit unique in being that kind of brick and mortar, non-franchise type of location. And we do get, you know, we get some out of state folks and it's it's often, you know, I, I knew somebody from back in the day and now I'm working with their kids and they're in Minneapolis or, or something like that. You know, we're, we're, we're not just down the street, so yeah. If I'm working with someone from California, all kidding aside, I'm probably never going to see you face to face. But we, I think we've all learned how to make connections, you know, in the same way that that you found me and and we find other people, etc. Working, you know, one on one via Zoom. Everything we do is is one on one. With one exception, we do we do a few ACT classes at a, a local Catholic school, and we do those on site because they ask us. But other than that, we're we're not selling jump on and I've got thirty kids. This is really one on one. It's it's, you know, high touch type of thing. And if you if you think this this might be a good person to kind of speak into the life of, of my child and to work with them, either myself or Stephanie, that's what we're doing because the one on one coaching, I'd never get that story out of Drew if he was in ten, you know, ten people in an online class or something like that. So that's right. That's how to get a
0: hold of us. So it's Tom Cleese. If you want to Google Tom Cleese, it's K-L-E-E-S-E. Obviously, people that are watching this podcast listening are going to read the little, you know, the bullet points, but it's oncampuscollegeplanning.com. I mean, how I found Tom was I Googled because I want other counselors to come on from different areas other than Southern California to share their experience. And some people might have a budget, especially out here. I mean Southern California Newport Beach area it's expensive for college counselors someone might want to go your route what what does it cost do you do packages is it an hourly rate how does that work out Tom Sure so and and
1: we've got all our pricing on our website because the last thing I want to do as a potential consumer is is have to attend a webinar or have to set up a free consult and go through a sales pitch and and you know end up buying a timeshare done that, don't want to do that anymore. So we're, we're an ACT shop. Um, I don't do any SAT work. I I used to do a little bit of that, but, but the state of Wisconsin has just always been really heavy into the ACT and, and that's, that's my sweet spot. So we've got a a standard ACT test prep package. Again, it's one-on-one it's $1,900 and it's, it's a kind of a short, intense, about two month period six 90 minute sessions with either myself or Stephanie and the average kid is going up four points. So in, in a pretty short amount of time, we're not, we're not doing six months. We're not doing 12 months. We're not starting, you know, when you're a baby, we're, we're jumping in a couple of months before the next test. And we're boosting those scores about four points and about 40% of those kids are going up five or more points. So that's a, that's a pretty good return for the ACT. So we do a ton of that work. I do what I think is is probably the best the best bargain of anything that I do is is helping you build that university of you over the the time really depends on on your timeline but we're we're meeting four times usually the first two as a family and then the third and fourth time just myself and the student to really build that list of colleges I've got a College search program for a thousand dollars that I think is—it's like a one percent insurance policy, probably less than one percent because you're going to be paying six figures. And even the families that say we know that we know that Madison's right there—I mean, it's it's the elephant in the room. But let's find some other options and let's just let's just see what's out there. And 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 they they get a an idea that I've traveled around a little bit, and, and I'll speak to that in just a second. And I have, and I can open up some some windows or, or, you know, open their eyes to some different options that that might be there. And that for a thousand dollars, I think that's, that's a great bargain to really help me kind of fine tune and clarify that number one thing. You know, we're making a big decision and to work them through that process. And for roughly that same price, we're going to help you knock out the, uh, the common app essay and go through that process of, of not just writing the one you want to write, but kind of starting with baby steps and, and take a, a crock pot approach as opposed to a microwave on the essays and, and fill out the common app and have all of that stuff. And, you know, all of these have have bigger services. If you, if you want to do that, we also have a really nice comprehensive program where you can, you can basically say uh, you're now on retainer, Tom, I want to text you at uh, 2 AM and you don't have to be up at 2 AM, but when you get up at 6 30, after that first sip of coffee, I want to know what's your response to my question. Is on this type of thing, and, and we're happy to, to do that as well, and that's that's really fun.
0: Tom, you've been great just sharing how to get a hold of you. I, I got over two hundred downloads on each episode now, so you might get someone from not only California, but I have people from d- different parts of the United States. uh Speaking of different parts of the United States, let's go rapid fire now. All right, let's take away. Don't think of flagship universities. All right, if I'm a st- if I'm a student, I'm a parent. I'm in the Midwest or even California listening. I'm sure you're going to get some of your uh, clients to listen to my show now if mm-hmm. if if you're traveling in the south. One school that sticks out. Not flagship. Okay, we have to go non-flagship. Yeah, I'm kind of going I might be going. I'm going to butcher the name but Bemidji State, Minnesota. That's 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 <laughs> your undergrad, right? So you know where I'm going. Yeah. I don't want the Georgias. I don't want the University of South Carolinas, UNCs or Dukes. I'm in the South. What school stands out?
1: Sure. Well, it's Bemidji and that's fine. That's as close as most people get. Um, and it's barely in the United States. It's almost in Canada. You know, so if, if, uh, if I'm down in that kind of SEC territory, there are actually some fantastic liberal arts colleges down there, uh, that people don't think of. And then also you know, maybe what we can call kind of the so next year.
0: Say one or two. I want to hear one.
1: Uh, well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump into Memphis because I've got some connections there. Rhodes College. I mean, if you if you want that kind of classic East Coast Ivy League ish type of school experience, you want it to to look, smell, and taste like you're not only in maybe Connecticut or or maybe over at like Oxford or Cambridge. Man, you got to look at that cuz that place feels like a movie set or something. It's a, it's in Memphis, Tennessee. It's in a really good part of Memphis, Tennessee, and and it is a place that realizes where they are and and that's that's a different part of the country for a lot of folks. And so, you know, it's it it could be a lot harder to get into somewhere else and it could be a lot more expensive somewhere else. Really generous merit scholarships. For that that kid with with a solid GPA, and if I'm showing my scores, they're they're good scores. Maybe they're not great, but I want that that unique liberal arts college experience in a, in a city, right? Yeah, a absolutely. lot of the liberal arts colleges are you know kind of out in smaller towns, but you know Memphis is great. Uh, I love I love it from start
0: to finish. So Rhodes College, Memphis is awesome. We, we, we went to University of Memphis, a football game when they played UCLA. You're right. I like how you said good part of town, bad part of town. I've never, and I've been on over 125 campuses. I've never even heard of Rhodes College. So I'm going to look that one up because that's almost like my hidden gem of Belmont University in Nashville, yeah. right? Let's go more West Coast. What schools stand out that you visited on the West coast. And I know we've talked about this and, and, and I can either validate or confirm what you're about to say. So just a couple schools that kind of stick out that you, that you might be selling to some of your students back at home.
1: Okay. So my, you know, I've got, um, I haven't updated the list, but I'm up to about 140 campus tours, campus visits, etc. And I'm going to be adding about another 25 in March when I, head back east. And so the, the list is, is getting bigger. But I, I do have a, a little bit of a gap in terms of my boots on the ground California experience, which was partly why over Christmas when we went to visit my father-in-law in Tucson, uh, Tucson is not exactly next to California, but it was, it was close enough. I was there about 24 hours and then uh, I was borrowing one of his vehicles and grabbing my boys and we drove out through we drove through San Diego and I just wanted my kids to see Mm -hmm. San Diego and Coronado Island and that was that was amazing. And then up to LA and and the weather you guys really didn't deliver. Now this is like a couple days after before Christmas. It wasn't great. you had rain during that entire week. But that's but that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off the hook on that. So I just got a taste of that. You know, for for us in this part of the um, of the country, when when a kid says I want to go to school in California, I really think a lot of what they're thinking is 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 the weather, the beach, that kind of stuff, and then they're thinking about they're thinking about Berkeley or UCLA, um, and I I try to open their eyes to a couple of things. Number one, okay, those guys are test blind, and you need to you know your perfect 36 isn't gonna gonna help you at all. And and they're not exactly affordable schools from out of state. So not to diss those necessarily, but you need to know what you're getting into. We really love the boys and I really loved UCSD. And I've got a student there right now, a couple of kids interested in that. And um, you know, and then I took them over to La Jolla and we saw the seals and the whole kind of thing, but but that's that's a school that a lot of people don't know about and they don't they don't realize just how incredibly amazing that place is and how I mean, we got to talk about rankings at some point that's up there, you know, that's, that's serious. And people kind of don't know the other schools beyond that. I haven't been to, to Cal Poly yet, but I've had students apply there, the engineering program there and, and, and the location. Yeah. And that's next time I'm just, I'm going to go up a little bit further and then and San Diego state, because to be quite honest, if you're, if you're on a budget and you can't pay the out-of-state tuition, plus your Sorry, folks. You're incredibly high, room and port. Holy cow, man! I know you're in California, right? Location, location, location. You know, but but San Diego State gets you into the Cal State system. It gets you into you know one of the my favorite cities in America that doesn't even have weather. It's always seventy and and sunny. And yeah, it's that. It's not that flagship, but you know the football team's great. I think the basketball team's doing okay, and so I get some of that rah rah. And, you know, we love the campus and the area around it. And so that was that's another one. And and just a, a lot lower sticker price. And yep. you're just you're not getting any merit aid if you're living here to be quite honest. And so,
0: you know, consider being an Aztec. And San Diego State, they're opening up their new football arena come this yeah. September. So amazing. If there's any last words as we wrap up, Tom, if if. I'm a student or a parent, 30 seconds, best recommendation that you can give them as they go through this college search and admission process. This can and should be
1: a healthy and fun process. And, and I've been very blessed to go through this process with, with our two boys. And I, I never forced stuff down their throats because this is what dad did. It was, I was kind of taking their lead a lot of time on when they wanted to do things. But start, start exploring things earlier. We all we all want to know where we're going to retire and we plan for that and we save whatever. A lot of kids want to stick their head in the sand and they're nervous about this and I get why, but they they don't even want to visit any campuses and they want to wait till maybe fall of senior year to go visit the first campus and they're like, "Man, just start visiting some colleges realizing that you can't buy until they tell you you can buy it." So I'm just shopping and I'm going to go visit this campus, a big one, small one, and expand the search. Don't narrow things down too quickly by saying, "I know I want to go to a big university." How do you know? Have you have you experienced a you know a place like uh, Rhodes or Pomona or or Caltech or something like that? How do you know unless you've experienced that? So, yeah, look at this as a as a fun exploration process. Use the time to your advantage. Uh, only one person ends up going,
0: but uh, this should be about. it should be a family journey. And I always talk about. At the end of the day, everything always works out. Like, don't stress, don't worry, it all works out, and typically it does. Do you hear that saying? Do you do? You, do you tell your students that, or your parents, like you know, everything just always worked out? All right, worked out. All right, it's going to work out. They end up at the school they belong to, and they end up at the school where they should be going to.
1: Yeah, and if you if and if you get there, and all of a sudden the first couple of months are rough. Um, Hey, that's a good lesson because you're going to accept a job and it's going to feel great. And then a couple months into it, I don't know, my, my boss is kind of a, a jerk and you don't have to, to stay if he's a jerk, but like, it's about what you do when you get there. And so I really think that there are, there's, you know, sometimes we get locked into one dream school. There should be multiple targets, you know, think, of, think about an actual target and like putting several arrows in the middle, in the bullseye, as opposed to just one. And so then that takes the pressure off. If it's April 30th and I'm down to those three schools, it's not that I'm just flipping coins. It's that I realized I've done my work as a student, as a family. We, we know what we're going to pay. This is within our budget. We know that this checks all the boxes. It, it fits our number one thing. And and I have that freedom to choose you know, one of these options that are on the table because they're all going to work. And everybody walks onto campus with a 0.00 GPA on day one. So it's
0: about what you do when you show up and wear that sweatshirt. Tom Cleese, On Campus College Planning. Great to have you joining us from the lovely state of Wisconsin. It's Fonger News of the Student Manager. If you want to email questions to myself, remember it's thestudentmanager at gmail.com. You can get a hold of Tom, please, at oncampuscollegeplanning.com. Great services out there. And remember, you can always support the student manager podcast. We take any types of donations, contributions, Venmo at Air Fonger. That's right, Air Fonger. And for another episode. Fonger News, out.